Have that faith and use it to love, uh, to encourage, to uh, bring the good news of, of the gospel. And so that's kind of where we're heading today. And uh, we'll just kind of see how it comes together. So uh, at this point in time, I'm going to have all the kids for Super Church come on up. And then the ushers can come forward. And we can uh, kind of do this all together. Again, thank you for last week. We had uh, Nick and three Mike's barbecuing. We had a bunch of people downstairs working. And again, just a, a great day. So kids, come on up. Uh, Science school uh, workers, thank you. Teachers, how are you doing? Good seeing you. I see your grandma back there. That's really nice having her. She's not always with us, huh? Pretty special. <laughs> So we are, uh, just want to be faithful in our giving. Uh, you've been faithful. And as we give, then ministry goes forth through Christian Life Center. So Lord, uh, we pray for our kids. We pray for our teachers. We pray for the offering, Lord, and our, our giving heart, we pray. All this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey. How are we doing, Chad? Okay, well, why don't you call her and I can, uh, we're, we're calling Mackenzie as we, uh, as we're taking offerings. Does that sound good? We can kind of connect with her. So Mackenzie is, this is grandma, and this is great grandma. Pretty cool, huh? Mackenzie grew up in Paso Robles and then moved to Hawaii and uh, just a uh, part of our youth group, and uh, she's going to just share what God's been doing in her heart. She's on staff with Youth with a Mission. Uh, she went as a six-month mission program, kind of like Sean is, and, and Tatum is, and Maddie is, and then she came back and became what you call a two-year staff. So now she's training and equipping uh, the students that are coming in, and so that's kind of her heart. We ready? How <laughs> fun. Let's do this. Can you run upstairs? <laughs> Say hi to McKinsey. A little, a little overwhelming. So, why don't you share what God's been doing in your heart, McKinsey? Yes. 
know what happens when you die, or if you go to heaven or hell, or not. But we need to be converted of people who are just going about their daily routine to people who are truly in love and living for Christ. When Jesus called Simon and Peter, it was just an ordinary day. He was just walking down the road. Simon and Peter were fishing, just going about their everyday routine. And God called them to come and follow him. I truly believe that God loves our ordinary days in our lives, and he wants to be a part of them and call us into them. He has called each and every one of us and each and every one of you to be his hands and feet in the world today. Um, I know you guys know my grandma's hands, and we used to always pray this prayer every night. It says, your kingdom come, God, on this earth as it is in heaven. And as I stop and meditate and think about those words more, your kingdom come, God, as it is in heaven, on this earth, that requires us to do something as well. I really feel that God has called each and every one of us to embody his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, last time I was with you all, I shared a story of when I was in Hill. It's a community um, about 20 minutes away from where I live here in Cape Town. It's filled with really beautiful people, but unfortunately it's also plagued with uh, gang violence. And um, the last time I was there, there was a lot going on, and um, I just asked God, God, where are you in all of this? Where is the hope of the gospel in a world that is, that is suffering? Um, and I really felt like God was turning the question back around on me and asking me, in a world that is suffering, kind of the, the question isn't where am I, but where are you? Um, he reminded me of Matthew 25, 35, when he says, for when I was hungry, you gave me food. For when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I am a man who will repent thee. I am with them always. But in a world that is suffering, where are you? For I have called you to be my hands and feet in this world. And he just told me, do you want to know what the love of God looks like in the world? It looks like you. And I just wanted to tell each and every one of you today that the love of God in this world looks like you. It looks like how we love our neighbors, how we love our grocery clerks. Um, Mother Teresa has this beautiful quote, and it says, do small things with great love today. So if you're a teacher, do small things with great love. If you're a student, do small things with great love. Whether you're on the mission field or doing missionary work back at home, that can look like so many different things. But it really just looks like doing small things with great love. That's what Jesus did when he was on earth. My grandma's hands in my life did small things with great love. She always has. And um, she really showed me what it means to embody the kingdom here on earth. She showed me what it is to live and walk like Jesus. Um, Pastor Guy was another one of those people, or still is, that really embodies the love of God here and really does small things
discipleship training schools with YWAM. And basically what we do as TGF staff is um, it's a six-month program. The first three months, we get students for, from all over the world, um, all different generations and denominations come, and we uh, have different speakers fly in from all over the world for three months, and they have lectures. Um, just learning more about God and hearing the voice of God and the kingdom and um, what his love looks like in the world. And, and then we send them on outreach for three months to another location. Um, the school that I am with, we send teams to the Middle East. Um, so this time around, the students are currently in Jordan. Um, and yeah, I really feel like God has called me into DTF this because they act as a launching pad of sending out people into the nations to um, be the hands and feet of God. Uh, and the basically how the DTS works is that there's school leaders and there's school staff and then there's students. Um, and the opportunity has been presented to me uh, to lead future schools with the three leaders that we have currently. Um, and in order to do that, uh, I have the opportunity to do a leadership training school. Um, and the Bible says where God calls us, he will equip us also. So I really feel like he's calling me into leading GTSs. And because of that, he's presented this awesome opportunity to do a leadership training school. It's a six week long program that's happening here in Cape Town. Um, basically for six weeks we'll be learning more about um, leadership and how to be a leader in YLAM and in the world around us. Um, what being a leader looks like um, that mirrors the life of Jesus. So we'll be diving into that. Um, and Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, the founders of YLAM, will be here for two weeks of that. That will be really awesome, a really great opportunity. Um, before they retire, they can probably be their last time Lauren and Darlene are both in their 80s and they're looking at retiring from missions pretty soon. So it's a real honor to be able to do this program. Um, and after that is finished, for three weeks in November, me and my fellow staff will be going on scouting trips to the Middle East to look for future ministries and how we can partner with them. And eventually we'll need teams there for the next school that we'll be running. So basically for three weeks we're going to be going to a variety of countries in the Middle East to see how we can um, partner with their ministries and love and serve them while we're on outreach, as well as we'll be visiting the outreach team during that time. So that'll be for about three weeks. We're looking at going to uh, Dubai, Oman, Israel, Palestine, and Jordan. So um, the ministries that we really want to partner with are based on um, community and reconciliation and, um, yeah, peacemaking in the ways of Jesus. So uh, that's what I'll be up to for the next three months. Um, I'm also hoping to come home in December to visit you all and give you an update on how that all goes. But, um, yeah, that's what is going on here in Cape Town and just a little bit of what my heart is and what I wanted to share with you all this morning. But, um, yeah, as I was praying, I just really felt like God was telling me to tell you that um, the love of God looks like you in this world. It doesn't matter if you're or a teacher or a stay-at-home mom, whatever you're doing, 
um, just by doing small things with great love, you are showing the love of God to people. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm so thankful to be able to talk with you all this morning, and um, it's been such an honor to have you all praying with me and um, supporting me, and um, yeah, whenever I think about this church, it just feels like a breath of fresh air, and um, I'm so thankful to be partnering with you all and praying for you, and I just love this church. I love you all. It's been so great to see you and connect with you. We as a church are going to pray for you, but I want two special people just come up so you can see them. They're, they're in the audience, so I don't just come on up and grab your, your mom. You got grandma and great-grandma here. I just want you to be able to... What? What? <laughs> get a little closer. Get a little closer. Hi, Grandma Marilyn. Hi. Hi. Yeah, they, they, you can see them, right? Yeah, I can see them. Hi. Let's uh, stretch a hand out and let's pray. We're praying for you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've put such wisdom into Mackenzie's heart. And it's not her own wisdom, but it's your wisdom. Uh, yes, Lord. It's your fullness. Lord, you, through Scripture, say that you want us to have the fullness of God uh, beyond measure. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to fill McKinsey beyond measure. The width and the breadth and the depth of God would, the mysteries would become known to her in Jesus' name. With her team and her calling, we agree together now in Jesus' name for the days ahead, for safety and for blessings and health, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you so much. <laughs> we love you. I'm going to give you back to Chad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. In your, uh, in your bulletin is, uh, I want to put faces behind names. I wanted to put a vision behind dollar signs. So if you slide down to McKinsey, the first page, and the, the heading on this little page is, so all can hear. Did you hear the country she talked about? Amman? What other country did you hear her talk about? Israel. What other countries? Jordan. I don't think I'm going there. But because I pray, and because I give, and because you pray, and because you give, you're going. Part of what, who you are goes as you, with McKinsey. That's a biblical principle of, of sowing, and of, of growing, and of, of, of reaping. So if you go down to Christian Life Center of uh, Students on the Mission Field, McKinsey pops up number one. And so as a church, we have a monthly commitment to her of $100. Uh, and then as a church, and as $2,010 have gone through Christian Life Center and has been sent to her. So we have a monthly commitment. So you go monthly commitment times that by 
the amount of months that we've been supporting her. And you have some of you individually, when you write a missions check, you put McKenzie's name on it. Because God has placed McKenzie into your heart. And you have felt called to give $25 a month or whatever God has called you to give. And then that goes in the name of the Lord to McKenzie. And there's others supporting her. But as a church, this is kind of where we're at at the end of August. And so every month, that's what's kind of happening. $100, and then you say, well, then other money comes in other ways, some through family. And we've designated her as a missionary from Christian Life Center. And so because we have designated her as a church, a missionary, then the giving that we give, you can give to the church, and that becomes, in a sense, tax deductible. I mean, it's not a big deal because what God calls, but it is a big deal. So we make that available, and that's all legal, and that's kind of what we want. The question on the front page is like, Lord, we want to be a missions church. What does a mission church look like? And so uh, what does a worshiping church look like? And what does a praying church look like? And what does a loving people look like? And we're just going to keep asking those questions, and we're going to keep on listening. And uh, I think... Uh, McKinsey answered that question a little bit today. What did she say? Do small things with what? With great love. What a beautiful answer. So, Lord, uh, thank you for showing us what it is to be a missions church. Thank you for uh, this live video stream. I think she's 19 or 20. I hang around her. I see more God in her than I see in me. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, we said, the Bible says, if we hunger and thirst for you, that you will fill us. And you're going to fill us with a measure that you've called us to. And you've called her to uh, serve in a crazy part of the world. And Lord, fill her and fill us. Thank you, Lord, that we can uh, do small things with great love, God's love in our life. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So this little paper will be kind of around for the next uh, three or four months, and uh, you're going to meet some more faces today. I'm trying to figure out what the best order. I think I'm going to have Mike come up next. Uh, and he, didn't, he, th he thought he was going third, so see if he's ready. If not, we can have a, I threw him a curveball. Thank you, Pastor Guy. Okay, we're going to have Mitch come up next. Oh, here comes Mike. I threw you a curveball, Mike. Come on up. So on that piece of paper, again, I want, I want dollar signs and I want names and countries become alive. I want you to wake up in the middle of the night and pray for her. I want you this to become more than a giving list, but become a, a prayer list. Uh, it's okay. I, we got a great text from Tatum, and she was saying, Pastor Guy, have the church pray. North India, Japan, or Peru. Again, 18-year-old asking, what country does God want me at? You're going to meet some uh, young people that are missionaries to their high school and to their to their, to their middle school in a moment. And you're missionaries to your neighborhood. And we're all missionaries. And so that mission call 
changes with your age, it changes with your education, but it's still the call of missions on your heart. So Mike, why don't you share what God's doing in your heart with missions, and amen. Yeah, love you. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, before I, I really talk much about what I did this summer, uh, something that Guy was talking about earlier, how you're with us uh, when we go, when you send. And I, I, really, um, I really wanted to emphasize that, um, that anyone here, and I, I shared this with some of the youth group uh, on Wednesday night, but if you gave a dollar to me or if you prayed for me, like he said, if you prayed in the middle of the night, and some of you had prayer requests for me because I had a lot of crazy stuff happening when we were over there this summer, um, but you were with me. So uh, I have uh, lots of amazing stories. Obviously, I won't share all of them right now, um, but everything that I did when I was over there that God was able to do through me, you were, you were with me there. So I just, I really want to emphasize that, that it's so important that we do it together. It's not just a Mike thing or a Mackenzie thing or a Tatum thing. It's, it's, a, it's a God thing and it's a church thing. It's us working together. And so we can't go and do this without people's support. And so I just really want to thank CLC and people just in here. You guys are family. Um, and I like your word that it's, we're family here. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so that said, um, as most of you know, I've been in uh, Eastern Europe and part of the Middle East for the last three months. Um, so it's a little bit of a culture shock. I'm still getting over it, going from Turkey where I have anything from, you know, someone screaming at us or the secret police threatening to arrest us um, or people being radically saved to swimming in the pool with my nephew for an hour yesterday. So it's kind of like, what is life? It's kind of different. Um, but since, as long as I can remember, uh, when I was, uh, even, even when I was like in high school, um, I, I used to be in this hardcore band and I had this heart for, for the youth. There was something about young men and women and that was, that's always been there. And I'm like, man, they're just, I see the brokenness. And I, don't, I know everyone to some degree is broken. Obviously we're all broken people, but for some reason for me, it was heightened when I looked at young people and it seemed like it wasn't getting any better. It seemed like it was getting worse. As I get older, I'm like, man, Things are getting really intense with young people. And, and my heart is that uh, I just feel like we're lied to a lot. People tell you this is who you are. Like the media tells you this is who you are. And in Western culture, it's even more emphasized. Um, you know, and I know this sounds kind of weird, but I don't even know how many of you know who like the Kardashians are. But there's this, uh, I mean, this group, probably all of you do. Um, but it just, there's, there's like an ideal image of something that like people say, this is kind of what you want to live up to. You might not say that, but you're going to try to like dress the same way. You're going to start talking the same way. All that to say, this is something that's spreading across the world and it's creating what we're calling a global youth culture, which main, mainly means how, what you're told, how the best way to live in the U.S., if you go to Poland or Germany or even Turkey, you're going to have the same things there. And so it's like this weird culture that kind of is just spreading. Um, and what comes with that is a lot of hopelessness and brokenness and, and despair, because if you live a life for material things, you will never, you'll never get it, because there's always something more to get. And so we have all these young men and women, and it breaks my heart that people have this idea that uh, the only reason I'm here is just to live, make money, and die. That's it. That's all I'm here for. No one's ever told me anything else. Um, so what we, what the, I'm with an organization called Steiger International, um, and they've been around for 30, 35 years, um, and what they do is they want to go outside of the church doors 
go out to the field and go to places that are maybe more difficult to go um, and preach the gospel to young people. And we use art as a way to do it, which for me, being a musician, it's a great um, it's a great avenue. Um, so basically, they don't just use musicians, but they use dancers, they use um, painters. So they'll go to, they'll have like art uh, galleries, and basically they'll have art that depicts the gospel message. So people that come in that admire art, they're like, what is this? And so they're able to say, this is, this is what this means. This is what this is about. Um, so my, what I did is I traveled, um, I, I don't remember how many countries, I think nine or 10, um, and we would set up a stage in, a, in the main city square, and we would have, we'd play music for half an hour, so bring usually between 1,500 to 3,000, 4,000 people. And uh, all these young people would stay, they would watch, and then we would have a drama, kind of like not too dissimilar what we do in Mexico, um, but it's a little bit more advanced, uh, but it's just, it just depicts the gospel message. At the end, we have a very clear message of the gospel, and we just say, Jesus loves you. Like, God, God is your Father. Um, he's not far away. He's not distant. He's, he's near. He wants to be with you. Um, and so after I get, we get to pray with young men and young women um, and just talk to them more about Jesus. At least start a dialogue about Jesus because many people um, have never even heard. I know this might sound crazy because you're an American. You're like, I'm sure everyone's heard the gospel. I've actually heard someone tell me that. They're like, yeah, you know what? It's 2017. Everyone's heard the message. I'm like, no, that's not true. Not even in Paso. So I, so I just, it was this overwhelming reality that many people haven't even heard about Jesus at all. Like they've, no one's told them this message. So people we would talk to, I'd say, what'd you like about the show? And they wouldn't say, oh, the lights and the effects. And the, I mean, it's a big stage and we have lights, fog machines. It's epic. Okay. I actually really like it. It's an awesome show, but all of that, they would say, the thing about the guy, that the guy who like died and rose again, I think you said it's Jesus. There was something in my heart that was burning when that happened. I, I don't know what it is. What is that? And so be able to reach out and say, okay, that is, that's not me doing anything. That's, that's not, I can't take any credit for that. That's because you were made by God and he loves you. And that's why you're seeing the truth for the first time in your life that Jesus died and rose again for you because he loves you. And that's why, that's why you feel the way you feel right now. And so unanimously, it seemed like every single place I went in, in the world for this tour, that was everyone's favorite part, was seeing the resurrection of Jesus, because they all felt something powerful there. And so it's like there's, there really is power in the gospel. There's power in the name of Jesus. I don't even have to, you know, I don't need a stage, because when we went to Turkey, we couldn't bring a stage because it was technically illegal for us to go. Um, they're in a state of emergency, which basically means um, the president has unlimited power. So he can arrest you. He can detain you if he doesn't like you. And you don't need any reason. There's no reason. So basically, if I go, if the police say you're under arrest, they don't have to say why. And they can keep me however long they want. Um, so that's, that was the reality we went to. So we didn't have a stage. We had this kind of sketchy state of emergency thing. Um, we didn't have a good sound system. Uh, my sound system was two battery-powered PAs um, for any sound tech you know what it's a nightmare um and so we're trying to run all these things and i'm doing cover songs so i'm singing these cover songs to try to get people to come to our show and see the message and i'm just like man this sounds so terrible i'm like hearing myself and hearing everything i'm like man this sucks i'm just my god we really need you right now because we're used to the stage and and our full band and all this stuff and all, all we have right now is just we're on the street just performing so we really need you right now because this sounds terrible. Like, this isn't going to get anyone saved. Um, so at those shows, we would have people come. There was smaller crowds, like maybe 100, 200 people come and watch. And 
the same thing at, at the end of the show, you would have a majority of the people who are all Muslim. So Turkey's 99.8% Muslim, which means for the 20 plus million people in Istanbul, you might have 200 Christians or something. It's, it's a minuscule amount. So everyone there that we're preaching to, we know, we're like, we know that you're Muslim. There's a good chance you're Muslim, but we don't care. We want to tell you the truth. We want to tell you the truth about Jesus. And we had people coming up after saying, I need to know. I need to know more about this because there's something in your words and there's something about what you're saying. And I, I, I need to know more about Jesus because all I've heard about him is that he's a good man or like a prophet, but I don't know anything else. Um, so, and, uh, so anyway, all, all that, all the, the, the glamour of, of, the, of the music and the stage and the lights and everything, it still gets stripped down to the simplicity of the gospel message and people respond. Um, and so my heart is to continue working with them because we want to continue going to these countries. We want to go back to Turkey. Uh, we want to go back to Syria. We didn't go this year. We, there was no open door for us. We want to go back to Iraq. We want to go back to Iran. We want to go to these countries that people are afraid to go to but people are so open to the gospel because it's, it's truth. People have never heard it. It's so when you, when you preach it, there's, there's power there. Um, and so before, before I uh, finish up, I think I'm, yeah. Before I finish up, um, obviously I can, I can share all these stories about what it looks like to go to Turkey or go to, go to even, I, I would actually say that probably preaching in California is probably more difficult than it was in Turkey because it, anyway, I'm not going to go into that, but I just, honestly, it's, it's more difficult in some areas. Like Germany, it was really hard to preach the gospel, uh, but Turkey was pretty easy other than the, the secret police trying to arrest us every time. Other than that, um, but everyone, everyone has a purpose and a calling. Like we're all missionaries because we're all called to make disciples. We're all called to do it. It's not just me. So no matter where you are, like me right now being home, my mission field here. Um, immediately I think of my nephew. Like, I'm like, man, I, I want him to know Jesus. Like, I really want him to know Jesus. I want my future brother-in-law to know Jesus. And that's, that's important. All of you have someone in your life, people, influence in your life, that it's important. It's important to, to reach out and to give. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. And sometimes you can't go to these other places, like I said. But when you send us, you're with us, but you also, everyone has a call here. And I'm not super qualified to go to this thing because I'm this awesome guy. I'm qualified because Jesus qualified me when he died on the cross for me. That's all I have. And you have the same gift that I have. So um, I just really feel like uh, just what the world would look like if we start, like Mackenzie said, little acts with great love, um, what that looks like when you really take it seriously, like you are in the mission field in, in your workplace. Um, and all that. So uh, anyway, that's what I have to say. <laughs> so what's growing in, in Mike's heart is he's transitioning from what we call kind of a, a season of missions to a full-time call to missions. So it goes from from collecting and gathering and saving and seeing God provide finances to now there'll be a support team that will help send and launch him. It'll be churches and individuals. And so as a church, we're going to have to decide, you know, in the next months, what does that look like for us? What is God calling our church to? And I have to ask myself and my wife needs to sit down and we pray and say, Lord, there's something that you're calling us to. 
in this? And so I don't have the answer there because when it's God brings us a, a young man or a young woman or a, a school, then we, we can't do it all, right? But we can do what God tells us to do. And that's that part of listening and seeing all that God has. So in the next two months, Mike is kind of gathering a team around him. And he'll probably be back here again. But I wanted to kind of just share uh, uh, what a heart of missions kind of looks like. Next, let's give him a big hand. Amen. Love you very much. And this, purposely this morning, I, I'm just kind of giving you a, just a snapshot and a snapshot because missions is there's not one way to do missions. We talk about the, the little hood that you're part of, right? What do you call it? Girls in the hood. And that's just her neighborhood. As she, as, as they're out, and that's inspired me. Chad and I went knocking on some doors, a door, uh, and I met a new neighbor. And I met another new neighbor. And now I'm, I'm meeting some new neighbors, and we've been praying about knowing people's names and caring. So Mitch is going to come, and he's going to share what missions means to him and kind of what it, how we've partnered together. So we've been partnering together for a lot of years. And so I, won't, I don't want to just talk about holy experiments and about uh, the school being our mission field. I want to introduce you to uh, just Mitch and kind of his heart when it comes to uh, what missions looks like in Pastor Robles. Thank Love you, guy. Uh, I just want to thank you guys. Um, one, for that man, um, the things that he's done in this community. Um, and just a little bit of taste that we've got this morning to see Mike. I remember Mike in high school, the things that you guys are sending him to do. I remember Mackenzie when she was in fourth grade, I think. Um, she came with her sister to the middle school ministry at Atascadero. Um, and the girl can, rather the Holy Spirit can light up a room with that girl's smile um, just by itself. Um, thank you for doing what you guys do and sending people. Um, uh, a story real quick. I have my very own sophomore daughter. Uh, she's at Templeton. We have lived in San Miguel pretty much all of her life. Um, and uh, she went to a little school in Bradley, and she has begged God for years and years for friends who would love Jesus like she does and would walk with her in that. And she just hasn't had it. And it, I just, she's been on mission trips with me and stuff like that. And just, God, I want the kind of camaraderie and community and family that I got to have there, I want that when I go to school. And so this year, she's gotten to be a part of um, the Christian club at Templeton High School and got to know some other girls who do care and love like that. Um, but the story is, this last Friday, I was driving her and her friend around between tennis practice, and they were going to help with the Special Olympics, and um, I was just taxing, but I don't know her friend very well yet. I know her from being at the club, and but there's a bunch of kids, so I just started asking her if she'd grown up around here, and she grew up going to church. Well, no, my family doesn't really go to church. Oh, really? Well, how'd you get to know God? Um, in middle school, my friends invited me to come to shine with them, and all my friends were going, so I went. And that's where I met God, and my parents still don't go, so I go with them, and and they're still leading me to God. They're still teaching me about that. That's why I love going. Um, and I was the one who was coaching that club. I'd never met Allie before. I didn't remember her from anywhere. I didn't know her friends even brought her. I just meet with the leadership because I believe that the Holy Spirit can use a 12-year-old just as powerfully as he can use me. 
if they'll just go and love people. And it's the little things. They just invited her to come to, to what they call shine at lunchtime and hang out with her. And so what does Homefront Missions look like? Um, I think there's something you have to remember because none of us, we're not immune to the things that happen in this world, right? That's why there's prayer requests. You guys are praying for each other. It's one of the things that probably brings us close as family. Um, but not being immune, we deal, God, in the beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone, right? And not just by himself in the garden. In fact, he wasn't really alone at all. He had perfect union with the Father. He had it made. But what is it like to be alone when I don't feel like I fit in? When nobody gets me? When things aren't cool between me and somebody I love, my children or my wife? What's it like when I don't know if I'm good enough or I feel like I failed somebody? Um, or what do those people think of me? Or did I just make a fool of myself? Or We know what that's like. We're not immune to the things that sin has done to this world and what it feels like to be alone, to wonder if I matter, am I worthy? Does anybody care? I'm trying so hard here. I don't know if anybody really loves me. I don't know why I exist. Um, and like Mike was saying a minute ago, there are so many people that have no idea right here in Paso Robles, right here in San Luis Obispo County, they do not know what we know, that Jesus loves us, that we're forgiven for all the messes that we make in our life, um, that he loves me, and they don't know what it feels like. He was talking about that feeling right here. Why is, my, why is it burning right here? Why, what is going on? They don't know what it's like to have that feeling of all the life being sucked out of my soul right now because I feel alone. They don't know what it's like to have it filled right back up with the life that only Jesus can give when you believe and know how much he loves you. When you know that you're forgiven and the weight of the world quite literally drops off your shoulders. You can almost feel that physically when that happens. The world is alone in their sin. Not only do they not know what his love is like, they don't know what it's like to have his spirit show up inside you and bring life that, that you can't, it's hard to even explain sometimes. They don't know what it's like to go take that spirit, to walk with that spirit, and go and love somebody super intentionally, like those kids did of inviting Allie to go to club with them. Or, hey, you want to have lunch with us? Or, what are you doing tonight? You want to hang out? These are super simple steps of faith. Knocking on somebody's door, sending them a text. Hey, how's it going? Hey, are you okay? Hey, can I pray for that? Um, it, the simple things that we do, most people do, one way or another, just to be kind, to love others. But to do that because Jesus asked me to and to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, whether you're 12 or 112, do you know the power that's in that? Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll do the works I do and even greater things. That if you believe in me, out of you will flow rivers of living water. There are so many people out there that have no idea. There are people in this room that forget. I forget. I had a beginning of this weekend, I forgot. And I couldn't hold on to the faith. I needed somebody else to come alongside me and remind me and actually preach the gospel to me. I preach the gospel, I don't know how many times a week, to other people, and I still need somebody to preach it to me because I forget. I get lost in it. And Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. The gospel, right? 
Let's hang on to that for all we're worth. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. That gospel tells me I'm forgiven and I'm loved. There's nothing anybody can do about it. It can't be taken away from me. That's what that gospel tells me, but also tells me that I'm born again. And the things I'm capable of by the Holy Spirit, it tells me that. Anybody want to try that? Let's take that thing out for a spin. Let's see what this thing can do. We're the body of Christ. When we show up, God is in the room. I'm not Jesus, but we are. We're his hands, his feet. And when you show up, whether you're 12 or 112, the Holy Spirit's there. And can you tell somebody where that comes from, like Mike's doing in other parts of the country or at home with his own family? Can we tell somebody the story of what Jesus has just done for me? Your own gospel story. And so with Youth for Christ, our goal is to walk along students from every church that believes in Jesus, from different clubs, wherever it may be. How do we not only hold fast the confession of our hope, preach the gospel to each other, but spur one another on to love and good deeds and do not give up meeting together is the habit of some, but encourage each other and all the more as to see the day drawing near because this world is gonna beat the tar out of us. This is not an easy place to be. Jesus knew that. He said it wouldn't be. But for us to keep meeting together, we call them home front missions teams, to spur one another on to love and good deeds, to look for little bitty, mustard seed size, steps of faith that move mountains. Because the world, they're going to need healing. They need all kinds of different things. They need food. They need... But ultimately, they're living with the aloneness that sin causes, and they need somebody just to love them and then describe what our Heavenly Father's love looks like and where it came from and how he went about it through his son, Jesus. But that's just my story. That, that gospel, it happened to me. So all I have to do is tell my story of what he did and what he still does from day to day. That's what Home from Missions teams do. That's what Christian clubs in our county or about, across the world for that matter, but there's FCA clubs, there's Christian clubs, there's youth groups. There are so many places where students are coming together to do that ministry. And Guy, I love that he wanted to do that. And to get to be here this morning and to see your emphasis on prayer and the need to pray and the way you guys have called each other to prayer, um, to get to be a part of that this morning, thank you for that. But we want to call some of the people up that are part of that. Guy and Chad, I don't know where he landed, um, and some of the students that are here, they're part of Christian clubs. We wanted both, uh, Guy directed this, to have, um, to be able to pray for them. Um, I think we'll lay hands on them up here. You guys can pray from there. And, um, uh, but at the same time, not forgetting that it's not just us up here, it's you guys. You are, you're in the middle of your mission field with whoever it is you know. You didn't get put there on accident. You were there 100% totally on purpose. And you can't forget you're the body of Christ. You have everything you need to bring him to them. Let's just pause for a moment. I know we've been kind of... So JC and Janelle, come on up. They're kind of the leaders at a specific school. They're at Lewis. Uh, and just because they have a title, you don't have, a, you don't have to have a title to be a missionary. But I just felt like we needed to pray over some of the students. So come here. Stephen, it wasn't even on my list, but he's helping FCA down in, at JC in Santa Maria, correct? So why don't you kind of come join us? And he shared that with me last week, that the, 
they've kind of asked him, Stephen, can you help lead FCA at Hancock? That's what missionaries do. They say, yes. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Kaya, Amaya. I know Kaya's here, right? Amen. Am I missing any that have... Now, we're, we, we don't have to have a title to be a missionary, but these are young people from Pastor Robles High School, Lewis and Hancock, who have said, yes, and we'll, we'll be part of Homefront Missions. We'll be part of the call to missions. So when you guys kind of gather, why don't you stretch hands out to, to them? Thank you, Lord. Mitch, why don't you just pray over them? Father, um, thank you that your spirit intercedes for us with words too, too great for us to even groan. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would bless them, that you would empower them. Lord, may they hear your voice. May they know how you're sending them and just how to love the people that they're with. And when it comes to planning and directing um, for meetings, God, would you give them special guidance to know how to make people feel accepted and loved? Um, how to, I, Lord, that the words that they speak would be your words and they would just be dripping in your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, I ask um, that you would continue to put individuals on their hearts and in their minds for them to pray for and to build relationships with, to begin the discipleship process of showing others how they can walk with you and know what we know about you and know the life that you have to give. Lord, I ask that they would hear your voice and obey it and know the joy of walking with you into others' lives to become an expression of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. So as God begins to develop your mission heart, as God develops my mission heart, you know, we're going to stand and declare, this is what God is, you know, calling me to. It could be to a grandchild. It could be to, it, it, you know what, if, it could be in, everywhere. And we begin to see, we don't just go to school, we go to our mission field. We don't just walk down my streets on Larkspur. I see Larkspur, my little street, as a place to do small things with what? With great love. And this church has been doing this for a long time. And what we're doing as, as a church, we're declaring this is what we're about. We're, this is what we want to be, Lord. Uh, you've already, it's not like we had to start from nowhere. We've been doing this for a long time, but we want to continue to do it. And we want to like tell the stories and give God the glory for it. And, and you'll have that opportunity to stand and say, this is my mission heart. This is where God has called me to do small things with great love. And if, if you're sitting here today and, and this is new to you, then I'm glad you're here. Because this is when the Christian life gets exciting. It's really neat to know theology. It's to understand it with your mind. And then to have a relationship with Jesus. But it gets really exciting when you begin to walk. And you begin to see things like God sees. Like his disciples. Silver and gold have I none. I don't have what you really. But what you really need is Jesus. So rise up and walk. We had to do that in our neighborhoods. We had to do that at our workplace. Uh, we had to do that in the name of the Lord. And uh, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to see what, what is going to happen 
in Paso Robles. It's not just a Christian Life Center thing. What you saw today is happening in many churches. There's a stirring that's going on. And you are part of that. You're part of that. You're, you're praying, you're giving, you're going, you're support. Uh, this is the heart of the Lord. And I can hardly wait to see what he does. When everybody says, amen. It is time for the worship team to come up. We are going to stand, if you can. Uh, we're going to worship. If you need a skedaddle, which means if you need to run and, and head home, God bless you. Uh, give Monica a hug on the way out because it's her birthday. Uh, amen. Uh, we're going to stand and worship the Lord. This is kind of the official close. And so you can stay and worship and you can hug one another. We are available every day. You can call us. Uh, you want to know how to get involved, just let us know. There's home groups. There's lots of opportunities in your bulletins. Let's stand together. And, uh, you know, who watched the USC football game yesterday, last night? Who, what happens is they get in this huddle, and they say, ready, break. And then they run out and perf- do their play. And this morning, what I want this to be as we leave, it's a ready, break. And let's take what God has put in our heart, and let's go just try it out. In the name of the Lord. Kind of like a ready, break. And you go out there and you come back and you rehuddle. And really, I know it's a weird metaphor, but a church is sort of like a coming together. It just starts here. And then we're able to take it out. And when you take it out, you realize how little you are and how little I am. So I need to get back into the presence of the Lord to be a little more full. And I need to hear other people's ideas. And I need to raise my hand for prayer. And then we can go, ready, break. Let's go see what God's going to do. And then let's come back. and Let's plan a little bit. Let's pray a little bit. Let's get in God's word. And let's worship. And then let's go, ready, break. And let's go back out and and be used by God. Does that sound fun? That sounds like fun to me. So let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that uh, somehow you partner with us. And you've placed this, this valuable gospel in our, in our clay pot. And somehow, Lord, because the gospel lives in us, then we take that gospel out and we're able to share that gospel. And the gospel's even better because it's in a clay pot. Uh, it's even brighter because it's just coming from everyday you and me. And when people see Jesus in us, they'll take their breath away. So let's worship a great God.